Hello, gang. I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Lemaster. And this is Screen Bloody Movies. Today is June 30th, 2021, when we're recording this episode. And I hope you guys are going to have a nice uh, 4th of July weekend. It'll be long past 4th of July when this episode airs, but salute to (laughs) the states. (laughs) All 50 of them. (laughs) We're looking at you, Hawaii. Yes. Thank you for your service. All right, so uh, we, we're going to start this episode like we start most episodes with the horror news. But before we do, uh, how are you guys doing? Everything good? I'm doing good. That's good to, good to hear. Lydia, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm going to try to keep my energy up. I feel like I'm already like sounding oh. tired. I was up till like 2.30 in the morning painting a giant mural, and I'm a little tired today. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's great. It's it looks great. The, we just saw a picture of it. It looks fantastic. Um, so, you know, it's it'll be worth it for sure. Well, uh, there's nothing new for me either, except that in two weeks' time, so by the time you guys are hearing this, we'll have shot the first two nights of our uh, next short, Secret Admirer. So that's really exciting. Uh, that's exciting news, right, Derek? Oh, yeah. It's real exciting. It's a slasher movie, so it's right in our wheelhouse. We'll be ready to bring you the fun and the kills. Um, so speaking of which, let's get to the horror news today. And the big news of the week, obviously, was the uh, the release of the Halloween Kills trailer, which we already have reviewed and have a mini-sode of. So we're not forgetting about Halloween Kills. We just already did it. Um, also today, uh, they released the trailer for, um, Don't Breathe 2. It came out today. Have you guys seen this yet? Nope. Nope. So we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and we talked about the, uh, kind of the plot, but the new plot synopsis is out. It says, uh, several years after a home invasion of the first movie, with a blind man living in a quiet solace until his past sins catch up to him. The blind man has been hiding out for years in an isolated cabin and has taken in and raised a young orphaned girl from a house fire. Their quiet existence is shattered when a group of kidnappers show up and take the girl, forcing the blind man to leave his safe haven to save her. So I haven't watched the trailer either, but I've, from what I've read, it uh, definitely presents the blind man as the anti-hero. Um, how do you guys feel about him being the new anti-hero of this series after some of the things he did in the last one? I mean, it could just be uh, like, you know, that traditional story arc that uh, a lot of characters have, you know, like a redemption. So I wouldn't be shocked if he dies at the end of this because he's redeemed his sins. I mean, that I don't know that that's going to happen, but uh, that's what it kind of reminds me of. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would venture he probably won't because then they can't make uh, Don't Breathe 3. <laughs> yeah. There goes our money. What are your thoughts, Lydia? You uh, Do you remember the first movie? I barely remember it, honestly. I'm. It must have been late or something. I don't know. Um, I might have to give it a rewatch. I mean, 
the biggest problem for me was, you know, he did, he kidnapped a woman and inseminated her with a turkey baster. So that's, that's pretty hard to come back from, I feel like. That's a, it is. Maybe a bridge too far, one would say. <laughs> one might say. Up until that. up until the turkey bastering, I was on that guy's side. I was like, "Yeah, screw these thieves that broke into your house, man." Yeah, show them what's what. I'm gonna lie to you, I thought you were gonna start this off with an <laughs> like more news of uh, Toxic Avenger. <laughs> no, we haven't gotten any new news, man. We know we have everything we have. We we have uh, you know. Um, Peter Dinklage and Kevin Bacon and Elijah Wood and uh, all the wild stuff that comes with it. So yes. no new Toxic Avenger news <laughs> this week. However, I'm not sure how you guys are going to feel about this one because I don't know how I feel about it either. But uh, it was announced today that they are making a sequel to The Exorcist. Uh Produced by Blumhouse and David Gordon Green. So when you say sequel, a sequel to the last one that they made or a sequel to the original? Or that's yet to be determined? Well, let me tell you what it says here. Um, I think it's going to pleasantly surprise all the skeptics out there. This is Jason Blum talking. We had a lot of skeptics about Halloween, and David turned them around, and I think he's going to turn it around with The Exorcist. The producer went on to say that many people have strong feelings about The Exorcist. 95% of the audience that will turn out for the new film won't have seen or heard about the original. Now, I don't think that's a quite accurate um, representation. I feel like most people have heard of The Exorcist. Maybe not everybody's seen it, but I would say most people have heard of The Exorcist. It's not like the tool house massacres or something, you know, it's not sorority house massacre. It's the yeah. exorcist. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a pretty big property, probably besides Halloween, the biggest property in horror. Um, he goes on to say, I want to make a movie that works for both audiences. I want to make a movie for people that know and love the first exorcist and are furious that we're doing this, but somehow drag themselves to the theater. I want to come out happy. I want to make a movie that people who've never heard of The Exorcist really enjoy. And I think David did that with Halloween. So really, we don't know too much except that it's uh, being made and that uh, we don't know who the writer or, the, or any of the plot details for it, just that it's going to be made. So I'm wondering if the way it kind of sounds like here is that David Gordon Green might be directing it as well as producing it? I don't know. What are your thoughts? I I just, uh, I don't see why you go back and revisit some of these properties. Just come up with an original idea. My personal opinion, I think some things should just be kind of left alone. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, we want more Halloweens because you can just plug Michael Myers into the, any situation. We want more Freddy's because you can do anything with Freddy. I mean, literally, you're, it's whatever your imagination can conjure. Mm -hmm. We want more Jasons because they're fun. Uh, well, I think the thing that made this last Halloween work so well was the returning cast members that they got to come back. 
Jamie Lee Curtis. They got the original actor for Michael Myers. Okay, um, so a lot of the cops. How would you guys feel if it was announced that Linda Blair was returning as Reagan? Yeah, that wouldn't. I don't think that would work. Well, maybe it would work. I think I don't know. yeah. I would. I, I would uh, like to see where that story would go. Because I think you've got a lot of uh, opportunity there. And they kind of did that with the. Uh, did you guys see the TV series that was on Fox a few years back? Nope. They they didn't bring Linda Blair back, but they brought back Reagan, mm. uh, as played by Gina Davis, under a different name. And then she was. You found out later it was um, Reagan. So I mean that's a. Mm. They kind of did that, but you know like. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah, I think it. Uh, you know, it's like anything. They'll either do a good job or they, or they won't. So we'll just have to see. But I will. Uh, I'll go see it. Yeah, I'll see any any good possession movie coming out. I like mm. possession movies a lot. So I do too. They're good. and you know when they're done right, they're great. So mm. I I also would enjoy a good possession movie in The Exorcist. Is the best of those movies. Mm-hmm. It obviously it set the template. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Exorcist Two, of course, was terrible. Exorcist Three was fun. I really enjoy Exorcist Three. I think it's great. Um, Exorcist the beginning, not so good. <laughs> I went to the movies and saw that. I remember it vividly. And uh, like, people, one of my friends went with us and she was terrified of it. And I was like, really? <laughs> All right. I mean, those CGI, <laughs> those CGI uh, hyenas are terrifying. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you don't remember the CGI hyenas? Well, I, I never saw it. Oh, you never saw it? One. No. Okay. They attacked this boy and it's like early, two, like when was that, 2005? So it was 2005 CGI. Uh. If that tells you anything. <laughs> Moving on, um, did you guys know, <laughs> speaking of sequels and remakes, they are making a new Firestarter. I saw that. Yeah. Um, so they just announced that they cast Sydney uh, Lemons is going to join the adaption. Um, so this new movie is basically that's the plot. I mean, it's Firestarter. It's a young girl who develops psychokinetic abilities and is abducted by a secret government agency that wants to harness her powerful gift as a weapon. I mean, it's... Was that Drew Barrymore who did that? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I... What do you guys feel about just the idea of them making a new Firestarter? I think that... I don't think it's a terrible idea. You know, I... Uh, Lydia, would you... Do you want to... I don't want to... Yeah, I'm for it. I'm, I'll watch it. <laughs> Sorry, I just I didn't want to like jump in there if you had something. No, you're good. Uh, so I I honestly think that uh, this would be a good property to do this with because <clears throat> I don't think that it's got the cult following that a lot of the other titles do, like your Exorcist, like mm. your Halloween. So if you're gonna do that, I mean this this would be a good one to to do that because you're you're introducing new material to a lot of people, not a reimagining or yeah i i agree it's not like one of stephen king's most famous novels i 
read somewhere recently, I don't remember where and I don't remember who, but I think they're toying around with remaking Christine, which I'm not for. Christine is, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you could do better than the than their adaption that we have with the yeah. combined talents of Stephen King and John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. um, but and it's a more famous story. But like Firestarter is a lesser story, yeah. you know. Um, so I feel I would perfectly be fine with that. But then again, I also wasn't for remaking it, and that turned out to be pretty damn great so you never really can tell i guess That's yeah true. But they uh they really nailed the cast uh especially like as the kids and then the transition of those kids to adults like they really got that right um and that to me made all the difference yeah that, i think cast, cast will be really important for christine too um you know, I feel like a lot of the the remakes are getting like models, you know, being put in to to, to bring in people who want to look at pretty models, you know, and have like crushes on these movie stars. But it's really like I don't need to look at some uh, some model to like the movie. I I just want to see someone who can act well. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and um, especially with like that was kind of one of the problems we had with. The fog last week uh, mm. was it was very OC, right? I mean, it was the OC casting. It wasn't uh, you know Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. These faces and people that feel real. It was mm -hmm. you know very OCified. And so I guess that if they Christine especially because you have some really strong characterizations, Arnie has to go from that uh, arc of nerdish to cool greaser like he thinks he's cool at least mm -hmm. and then uh you have buddy has to just you have to have the right guy to play buddy to be like a that d-bag and first of all i mean he's definitely got to look like he's 45 like he did in john carpenters <laughs> 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 very important to put the uh travolta looking guy in there mm -hmm. um and finally on horror movie news i mean that's really the big stuff but uh Real quick, I saw that they are releasing a Halloween pinball. Oh, so that would be fun. To... What uh, do you do? You know what the dimensions of this pinball are? <laughs> like, uh, this... Well, I think it's in three dimensions. <laughs> I meant measurements. I know what you meant. Smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, All we have so far is a really cool retro trailer that shows like the Halloween logo. And uh, uh, here's what it says. It says, uh, finally, the iconic horror film that started it all. Spooky Pinball LLC and Compass International Pictures are bringing the 1978 classic, John Carpenter's Halloween, to Pinball World. More details coming soon. All right, I got to uh, look this up. So that's kind of what we know so far. Why are you thinking about picking one up, Derek? Well, no, but, uh, you know, if done right, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if it's affordable, I, I might do it. I'd put one in my, you know, I would say office, but then I wouldn't have room for anything else. <laughs> you should see my office. But, you know, we'll figure it out. But anyway, uh, that's kind of the big horror news. Uh, be sure to check out our Halloween Kills uh, reaction. And um, that's about it for horror news. So let's move on to today's 
movie, which is a good one. And if you've read the title of the episode, you already know that it's uh, Chuck Russell's 1988 remake of The Blob. So, um, Lydia, is this the first time you've ever watched this movie? Um, I think it's the first time I've watched this one. I watched the original and I really loved that. So I knew I was going to like this one and I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully in a good way. In a good way. Very good way. Yeah. It's it's a little bit gorier. (laughs) Yeah. Very much so. Just a little. Well, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, slightly gorier than the Steve McQueen 50s version for sure. Derek, this is uh, not at all your first time seeing this film. Nope, not at all. Uh, by the way, when I told my wife, oh, I'm going to watch The Blob, that's our movie this week, she was like, well, I've got that one on DVD. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's an old soul. She And I was like, the one that's in black and white? She's like, yeah. I was like, no, we're not watching that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're kicking it 80 style. So, uh, yeah. No, I... I that's how we roll on screen this. bloody movies. Yeah, I told my brother I was watching this, and he was like, "No, the one that from when we were kids." And he, I was like, "Yeah." So he was also very excited. Yeah, I grew up with uh, Chuck Russell's Blob. Um, it was one of those uh, cable movies. I watched. I think I rented it once when I was little. Uh, I saw the cover at the video store and was like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because that. Yeah, the cover is brilliant, you know, with the, the great practical effect of the guy stuck in the blob. Mm. And, you know, and, you, you might want to explain video stores. Okay, for our younger <laughs> listeners, there was this building you could go into and there was videos then on VHSs. <laughs> Which, don't make me explain that. It's going to be an, another hour-long podcast. Yeah. Um, and then it was a cable mainstay, so I watched it plenty of the times on cable throughout my uh adolescence you know from kid to adolescence so i've got a quite fondness for this movie as well so but uh i own it on blu-ray so this is one of the i haven't seen it in a year maybe two years so it was a this was a revisitation of it for sure um so we'll uh we'll get started on this one uh, and break it down but first of all it's uh, directed by chuck russell uh it's written and directed or it's written by chuck russell and frank darabont who you know, is the Stephen King maestro. He went on to, Frank Darabont went on to direct uh, The Mist, Shawshank Redemption, uh, The Green Mile, and created the uh, Walking Dead TV series. Darabont's great, is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And he and Chuck Russell also wrote a movie, which we will eventually talk about, which is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Mm. And Chuck Russell directed it. So... Horror royalty is what we're dealing with here today, folks. Well, I think he lived up to it. Yeah. In the movie stars Kevin Dillon and uh, Shawnee Smith. And by the way, can I just say let's let's start with these actors before we before we get into it. Wait. Uh, I want to start at the very beginning. Like okay. I miss the intros to movies. Like when the TriStar horse like came galloping or galloping yes. upright and came over the star, I'm like, man, I can't. I I miss those. All yeah. of the old ones. Yeah, those were great. Now what we have are 47 before a movie yeah. starts. 
little short, like, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. And then it's like, it's like Blue Moon Jack yeah. and Harsfield Studios. And it's just like all these little, like, little, and they're all digital and such. But yeah, yeah there's nothing like the good, like the TriStar logo or the classic Columbia yeah. logo. Or even like when I watch a James Bond movie and the MGM Lion comes on, I'm like, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're yeah, getting universal. Into it. Yeah. Like the old Ford. universal logo. Yeah. Yeah. Even the old Paramount card. Yep. That transitions to a mountain before Indiana Jones climbs it. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. I, you're right. That That is uh, great. Let's talk about the actors a little bit uh, before we start. What did you guys think of this cast? I Just thought it was pretty good. I thought I liked it. I thought they all did good in their roles. Yeah, I personally love this cast. I think it's a very well cast movie, mm -hmm. and not just our um, leads, but the little peripheral characters. Yeah, are great and well cast. I mean, you kind of get like a sympathy for the sheriff, for instance. You know. Oh yeah, I love the sheriff. I love the sheriff too. Uh, there's a. I have a notation. I'm a little sad. Um, and we'll, we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, really, I only had issues. I loved the cast as well. Um, I thought all of them did a good job, except for two. There are only two that I would have swapped out. Um, one is the uh, deputy. <laughs> uh, he, he tried to be such a hard ass in this movie, but uh, <laughs> neither stature nor attitude really came. I, actually, was he uh, was he in RoboCop? He was. He's one of the henchmen in Rebel. Yeah, He's the one yeah. that gets the acid poured on him and gets obliterated by the car. Yeah. <laughs> if they would have, uh, if they would have swapped him out for someone, maybe with just a bigger stature. Uh, he, he just, <laughs> I have a hard ass deputy. <laughs> Should have gotten a stronger actor for that guy. But him and the uh, uh, the preacher, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the preacher. Better, but... We'll get into the preacher when we when we start. But uh, I've got to say, I love. Uh, Shawnee Smith in this movie a lot. Mm -hmm. I think she as Meg is great. I think she like is the perfect amount of vulnerability and toughness and humor. She like kills it. I was like, damn, I wish Shawnee Smith was in more stuff. She was she's great in this film. And yep. Kevin Dillon is awesome in this movie too, because you know he goes from Brian goes from this like you know when you first meet him you automatically you already know he has a heart of gold. Yeah. And then he just keeps showing it throughout the movie. And you're like, oh, this dude's like awesome. Oh, man. He, he was uh, well cast as a, as the main lead. But, dude, his hair. I couldn't get over his hair. His the 80s, hair baby. I know it was just the style. 80s, baby. But I, I felt like his hair was a character in and of itself. But it was. <laughs> he was killing it, for he, sure. He yeah. was. Hey, would you say he's attractive, Lydia? <laughs> no. Okay, so he doesn't hold a candle to Tom Atkins, is what we're saying. Oh, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Some guys so. got it. Some guys. I don't. didn't think. Maybe what if Tom Atkins was the was the deputy? Wouldn't that have been? Wouldn't that have been? A yeah. <laughs> yes, that would have been great. That would have definitely bumped it up every, a little bit. We'll put him in every movie. Yeah, yeah. We'll say that'll be that's the new game. Basically, every movie we do, we'll say which character should have been played by Tom Atkins. <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, he is. Man, you if we ever get an opportunity, we're going to put him in a movie somehow. Yes, we will. We will. The, the first feature we make, we're going to go to him and Bruce Campbell first. 
<laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Uh, so the movie opens with, uh, you Did know, you like, that? <laughs> what was that? That was a firework right oh. outside my window. <laughs> wow. Hopefully At least we I. Hopefully we don't get too much of that tonight. Mm. It's always the worst, especially when you have dogs. Hey. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like you can really set the trend for a movie in either a good direction or a bad direction. And I loved the opening to this movie. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, discuss it. Okay. So I loved how it was, it started off really ominous, right? You have this empty town, empty parking lots. The town looked abandoned. And then that immediate transition, everybody's at the Friday night football game, mm -hmm. right? It, it had that small town nostalgia that you look for in movies. I mean, it brought me back. We're from a really small town. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the, the trend that it set in the beginning, I mean, it carried throughout the movie, but I thought yeah, it was really great. Great tone setting. It was uh, because it, it worked on two levels. First, it shows what we hear in dialogue, which is that the town is dying because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of jobs and people are moving out, but it also shows that the community is tight, mm -hmm. that the community that's left, right? And uh, the opening football, that this was an 80s horror uh, cliche. It was. Uh, main characters being in football games. Uh, I thought of two immediately. I thought of Christine, mm -hmm. uh, and I thought of uh, Shocker. Yep, that's uh, immediately I thought of Shocker. Yeah, I even was gonna look up the clip to see how closely it mirrored it because yeah. it felt like I've seen this before. Kind of similar, kind of similar. And shocker, he runs into the goalpost and then falls over into the Gatorade table. On this, he gets. I wrote in my notes, classic Gatorade table knocking over. That's a that's a staple in films. If yeah, there's football in a scene in a movie, somebody's getting knocked into a Gatorade table. <laughs> Doesn't matter the genre. Yep. Just gonna happen. And it, it, of course, that happens, and then we meet. Uh, we meet. Um, what's his? What's the the other character's name? Our uh, fake lead. Oh, her uh, her boyfriend. Well, yeah, uh, she goes out with. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh, was it Dan? No, that would be Jacob and Hookman. <laughs> Was it not Dan? Was it Brian? Brian is our main character. It's Paul. Paul Taylor. Paul, dang it. So we meet Paul, and Paul's set up kind of as our leading man. And actually, Paul is, is great because yeah. he's not like a, a douchebag. He's not sleazy. Mm -hmm. He's literally a great guy. Yeah. Who has a crush on this pretty cheerleader, uh, our, our lead, Meg. And... Um, so, you know, she, he falls into the Gatorade table. She asks him out uh, that whole, he asks her out that whole little bit. Um, and so we, we get set up with them going on their first date. So that's their catalyst. And then we're introduced to Brian setting up his motorcycle jump. Yeah. And I love the introduction to this character. What do you guys think? Yeah, I loved it too. I, as a first time watching this, I was sitting there with Jake and I was like, He's not going to do it. <laughs> and he turns around and I'm like, oh, he's just leaving. I literally said out loud, oh, no, he's just going to leave. <laughs> I, uh, I was so wrong. I am not going to kid you. Uh, this took me back to an episode of uh, Silicon Valley on uh, 
HBO. I I was this close to breaking out like some old school uh, geometry, being like, I wonder how much that bike weighs. That doesn't look like the correct angle. I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I thought it did a good job of setting up his character. Well, it it, it, it sets up a payoff later. It's so true, he, yeah, sure does. he doesn't make the jump the first time. He bails yeah. so well, he can make the jump. Butters. Yeah. And so he makes the jump when it matters. Yeah. And, of course, then we're introduced to the, the, the uh, kind of homeless character. Yeah. Um, who is hanging out with this dog and clapping at uh, Evil Knievel over here. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a really cute scene. Like he he like wasn't even mad that that guy was clapping. No, and that's yeah. what greatly sets up his character. You see it right there when he smiles at the guy and he's just like yeah, this this guy here. Like he yeah. knew he knew that was probably like great entertainment for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was picking up his beer can that he threw. Yeah. <laughs> and it to his pile. And it to his pile. Um, you know, and even though it was a very small uh, like scene with that old man. I mean, and he comes back later, obviously he's kind of a crucial character, but uh, like feeling for a character is a great attachment. And, mm. you know, you really got a good sense that, you know, this was a, a nice guy yeah. type thing. So it, later on, it makes you feel for me, it made me feel even worse whenever he, uh, yeah, you know, I want to read it happened. Bites the big one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wrote in my notes that uh, I enjoy, I like the intercutting between, Brian's bike jump attempt in the football game. Yeah. So you see the they're cheering. Brian's going. They're cheering. It's kind of like you know, the cross cutting of it, and then it just completely fails. Yeah. <laughs> There's another great cut in this movie that I'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, they did a good job of interweaving different scenes with one another. So uh, we move along to he goes and gets uh, a, a, a ratchet set from. Um, his, but his boss and his friend Moss, right? Which I wrote in my notes, Moss is a badass. Uh, so he's introduced, we, we get introduced to Moss, who's this kind of, uh, works out, he's a mechanic. And he gives him this ratchet set that is actually incredibly crucial to this movie. This ratchet is more useful than a Swiss Army knife, guys. He uses it so many times to get out of scrapes, it cracks me up. Hey, um, remember that, that stuff. Yeah. So um, after after he's introduced to we're introduced to Moss and what have you, uh, we also get an interaction between he and the sheriff um, where we we realize that Brian has been in trouble with the law. He's got a juvie record, essentially, and he's just turned 18. So, you know, the sheriff says something about, you know, basically no more juvie hall for you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the sheriff, he has a cute little interaction with the diner woman. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> another another thing of like making you care for people that you have just met on screen. Yeah, yeah, their little re- interaction is great. Um, it's like this, you know, that it makes you feel for him immediately. You feel for him because of his nerves. You feel mm-hmm. for her for being like just taken aback by the sheriff wanting to go out with her, and you're like, oh, I hope. Hope works out for these kids. Luckily, they end up together in the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they're one. Oh, my God. One and the same. One and the same. So um, then we get the crash of the comet, right? Mm-hmm. And we get our first little glimpse of 
the blob. And it's very small. And uh, I, I love the lighting in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's in the lighting in the woods, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of unmotivated, beautiful light coming through the trees, which just sets the spooky tone. And then you have like a little bit of fog and you're just like, oh, yes, we're in yeah. the thick of a horror movie. I love it. Um, so I after gotta, the. I got a quick comment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you guys notice that he was using his uh, cast iron pan as a uh as a shoe yeah well he was <laughs> to crush those cans yeah i know like uh that's that's kind of genius actually if you're... it's a great character trait it's a great it character is. trait He's the very workout thrifty. the workout you'd get from doing that uh yeah he has huge calves are... uh the problem was he didn't have two cast iron so that's why he couldn't outrun the blob is that's he was true. only kind of running in a circle yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Oh my gosh. So the blob attaches to this guy's hand. Yeah. And uh, we have a great scene that sets up um, Paul's douchebag friend, right? When they're in the when they're in the uh, drugstore. Drug store. I, what do you guys think of the drugstore scene? It's my favorite scene. It's it has a great payoff. It does. The best payoff. It was so good. I put a smiley face next to my note for it. <laughs> what do you think of the drugstore scene, Leah? I was just trying to look up. Sorry, I was like kind of distracted. I'm looking up the special effects team that did the the blob. Um, because I just had to know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we'll get to that for sure. Sorry. Are you good? Which scene are we talking about here? Uh, the um the drugstore scene. We're with Brian and his D-bag friend. You know, the oh, red. Oh, yes. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that whole scene. I, I thought that was really great. Just like, I don't know. And then it and then it pays off again in like another, you know. Yeah, it's a great setup and payoff. Yeah. Because there's multiple punchlines. There's the punchline of the actual, in the actual drugstore, when he says, uh, come on. I can't leave this girl waiting. And he looks yeah. back at the camera and looks back at him like this guy. Yeah. So there's the one and the, the you know, the, the, the pharmacist is all like, oh. and there's the, of course the added joke of the preacher being there. And, mm-hmm. and then when, she, when he, Paul goes to meet Meg's family and he, he's introduced and the father is the same guy. And he says, whipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, oh one gosh. of my favorite. One of my favorite jokes. I, I loved it. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, before we uh, we get past it, so the other transition that I thought was really like perfect in this movie was from the very first attack of the blob, right, uh, to the kid slurping the Jello. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 I, I great thought that shot. That was like great spot match cut. On. Yeah, yeah, great match cut. Um, speaking of the kid, we're introduced to Meg's younger brother. And his uh, best friend. Expendable best friend. Expendable best friend who are on their way to, uh, basically, they're wanting to go see a horror movie. Mm-hmm. What was the name of that? It was I like. Didn't garden, write it down. Yeah, Garden, garden Massacre or something. Uh, yeah. Garden Tool Massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're introduced to her little brother and. 
their friend. I think the, I don't remember what the friend's name is. Um, but we're introduced to these these characters, and they're going to see Garden Tool Massacre. And I wrote in my notes uh, that when we get to the theater later, uh, the scene in the theater, I wrote in my notes that uh, that is actually Derek and I when we were that age. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I remember pulling something like that on my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way. Did you, did you wear your headphones in the theater? No, did not do that. <laughs> Old boy was obsessed with his headphones, wasn't he? Yeah. He just could not let it go. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so we're introduced to these characters, so that way they come back later in the theater. Um, and then we get to them on their date and whatever, um, which is interrupted by the can man, who <laughs> Paul just hits. <laughs> it's, he's lucky. She's lucky that Ryan Phillippe wasn't driving that car because he would have just said, let's just dump him in the river and we're out of here. <laughs> that is true. Um, and then, of course, Brian sees him right before that. He pops out of the woods trying to chop off his own hand with an axe because oh, yeah. a blob's attached to it. And that was a uh, really good scene where he, like, bam, right into his arm, and then immediately the blob covers it up. Yeah, yeah. suctions it up. It's, it's uh, great. So now our three central characters, what we think are going to be our three central characters, yeah. are taken to the hospital. And this is where the shit goes down. So the hospital scene is special effects magic. Oh, yeah. Um, Lydia, what, so this is your first time seeing it. Mm. So what was your reaction uh, when you saw all the shit that goes down here? So let's start with a can man's half body. Yeah, so the, you know, the body under the sheet is kind of moving in a weird way. So he's like, what's going on? He walks in, you know, lifts it up. The eyes being completely white like that was so good. I don't know. I I wasn't expecting it. And then, like, the amount of gore that you see after that is, like, very shocking, which it was, like, a pleasant surprise. I feel like I haven't seen, like a lot of that lately and I, I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised that Paul dies? So I was. Early? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> but he was gone. Like that happened. And I was like, just, yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. And what did you think of his actual death? Paul's death by blob. It was so scary. Like, I think if I would have seen this when I was younger, I I would have been I probably would have had nightmares over that. Yeah, the special effect of uh Paul getting blobified mm-hmm. is amazing. The way his skin's pulled off, yeah, the way he kind of melts down, it's just chef's kiss. Yeah, well, I mean and, that oh, actor ahead, went for it. Oh yeah, yeah. And and Shawnee delivers the goods of the terror of watching this guy you're going on a date with getting melted in front of your face. Yeah, and his arm. She pulled his arm off. Pulled his arm right off. Derek, I don't know if you remember the first time you saw this, but how did you feel about it this time? Uh, Impressed. It is so impressive to see what they could do with actual practical effects compared to what they do with the CGI. I mean, sometimes CGI really takes away from a movie. 
but they absolutely nailed it. Everything you guys said was spot on. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it amazes me because I, you analyze a movie now, right? Especially uh, us having experience in making movies and you're just like, I wonder how the hell they did that. Like it was so good. And uh, when it dropped down from the bottom or from the ceiling, I'm pretty sure they shot that in reverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it went up. I'm sorry. It went up and then yeah. over the top of yeah. it and then dropped down. But uh, it's, it was so impressive to see what they did for a 1988 movie. I love great. that's such a great scare too. Cause I love how it just, the door moves and it's there mm-hmm. and you're just like, because that's the first time you actually see the blob, too. I mean, you see the little thing on his hands, but that's the first time you see it. And, oh, you're, yeah. and it's like a real effect. It's there. And you can, like, almost feel it, you know? It's like Gak or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's such a great, great scene. Um, what always made me laugh, though, is, um, <laughs> is how he... Um, how the police immediately just are like, oh, well, this guy's completely melted and this dude's a cut in half. You knew probably did it. Brian. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they're, they're not, uh, they're not having anything to do with the story that this girl told them, even though like what you see as uh, what's left of the carnage would make you wonder, like, I wonder what happened here. Yeah. It, Deputy Hardass, as you label him, That's is, right. is all about like, it's that Brian. I know it's that. I know, right? I know it's Flag. He's he's no good. He's a psychopath. And the sheriff's like, yeah, I want to nail him too, but I'm down there. Not Tom yeah. Atkins. You need yeah. to slow your roll. <laughs> I don't want to get political on this, but I did notice that they slipped in. Even in the 80s, they were still uh, like fighting for Medicare for All. Like when they were trying to admit that guy, does he have uh, Blue Cross? That's what I was going to say. Like, that's probably one of the scarier parts of, like, just the underlying, like, dialogue is, like, they didn't want to help that guy at all. Like, they did not care. Yeah. No, and this is... He didn't have health insurance, man. No, no. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a shoe. Yeah, he didn't have a shoe. (laughs) Like He He did have a shoe. It was made of uh, cast iron. What are you saying, Leah? He might have had health insurance, but they didn't know him. You know, like they no. were just like, we just, he needs help. Like, who cares? Yeah. I'm wondering if Ryan Phillippe's character in, uh, I know what he did last summer, saw this movie and said, that's too much of a hassle. Let's throw him into the river. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize the paperwork we're going to have to fill out? <laughs> I watched, I watched uh, Russell and Darabont's 88 Blob and no, thank you. Yeah, I want no part of that. So then let Lenny come back and kill me. Um, So then we get one of my other favorite scenes. Uh, We get uh, good old date date rape friend. Oh, my God. Good old date rape Scotty. This scene is something else, guys. Many, many levels. It's got many levels. Lydia, since this is your first time watching this, explain to me your feelings watching date rape Scotty. (laughs) uncomfortable (laughs) like i looked over at jake and he was like visibly uncomfortable and i i asked him i was like how are you feeling over there and he's like i feel so uncomfortable right now (laughs) (laughs) but i i have to say the uh the trunk of that car 
makes me kind of jealous. Yeah. yeah. Right? Liquor store. Liquor store trunk is what that guy is. Yeah. That, it, that blender, that like drink blender. I want one. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. My favorite detail, my favorite detail is that he has like a box full box of those of rings, rings that yeah. he gave her. It's how, just like, how did he get those? And like those. I, I said to Jake, I was like, how did he get all those? Those are expensive rings. So I don't think why. they are. I think they're just like cheap, knock expensive off. looking rings. Oh, there's yeah. knockoff. Well, they were knock class off. rings, though. Yeah. He subscribes to Predators RS, and they've got a, <laughs> a special on fake rings. Yeah, or like passed down from like a creepy uncle or something. <laughs> like dad. someone in his family must have like been. Yeah. Because he was, he was all, he was like, he had it ready to go. He had this whole bar, had his little drink mixer, like you guys were saying. He had his little box of rings. This, this yeah. is this guy's first rodeo. Oh, and not at all. She immediately passes out when he comes back after she told, tells him she doesn't want any more drinks. Yeah. He's like, oh no, you need more drinks. Do you think well, he drugged her? Probably. Oh, he I think he, her. I think he definitely, I mean, I, I don't know if he drugged her per se or just poured a shitload of alcohol into her cup yeah so she i was i was wondering that because she just like fell asleep Would you like well she also punch? she also was kind of falling asleep and then she got blobified of course yeah in the meantime that's right that's probably what it was because he didn't seem like you know he was a creep but like i didn't get the vibe that he drugged her no he, they, i think he was trying to get her drunk enough to sleep with her for sure yeah which is yeah. not okay <laughs> not okay uh and it's still date rape. <laughs> and then he, uh, when she's uh, passed out, then it goes uh, to just straight rape. Um, oh, so, yeah. of course, he starts uh, sexually assaulting her and this little comic scene where he's unbuttoning her blouse. Yeah. And then he, uh, you know, feels her up and then he gets what's coming to him when her whole body opens up and her face sinks in. What yeah. did you think of that effect? That was probably the weirdest effect, I think. It the was, but it's so like cool. It's pretty cool, but I think that's the weirdest one for me. <laughs> ate her from the inside. Yeah, just sucked her out and then takes him out and he kicks the glass open. I love that scene. Yeah. Uh, all the all the deaths in this movie are just A+. Plus. I mean. Yeah. I did have a uh, note, death of a sex predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes, uh, where is it? Uh, date rape. Uh, yeah, date rape Scotty. When I wrote, got it, yeah. And then I wrote a practical blob for the win. Because when the blob is moving away and through the thing, it looks so good. Mm -hmm. It's like such a just a practical effect. It looks phenomenal. Um and then of course they the, the deputies after they let Ryan go after they realize that well, after the sheriff's is like, uh, I mean, we don't have any evidence, this guy has no blood on him. Yeah. What are you talking about? Letting go. And he's like, I strongly object. And duly he says, noted. Yeah, something like that's duly noted. Let him loose. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I'm the sheriff and you're the deputy. Yeah. Now go take some steroids gets, and is that when he gets in his face? Yeah, and he licks him. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jamie, you have a degree in uh, criminal justice. Would that then become assault? It's 100% assault. Yeah, it's 100% yeah. assault. So but they really locked him up for that. It was the 80s, and they didn't care about the assault. They 
They probably didn't even think about it. They thought it was a cool character trait for him to do. But yeah, I mean, if you lick somebody, that's assault. If you spit on somebody, that's simple. It's called simple assault. It's a misdemeanor. Yeah. It's not like a, uh, you know, you're not going to go to jail for it necessarily. It's a misdemeanor. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't have d- probably done him much good in the case that they're working on anyway. Give him a fine, essentially. I just got to uh, say, um, <laughs> right after we watched this, <laughs> we were watching. I, I put on the original blob and just had it on. I was like super tired. So I just like, we had it on, it was free. And he, they're like at the police station at that scene where like Steve McQueen's character is like, you gotta listen, you know? And Jake was like, lick him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I died laughing. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Not hashtag not legal advice. But yeah. stop getting your face. Do not lick his face. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Not legal advice, but just saying. Well, Jake's reaction to seeing him like in his face, Jake was like, "I would headbutt him," you know. Or, yeah, yeah. And then he got licked, and Jake was like, "We and him both lost it." We were like, "Oh my god, that's much better." Yeah, it's way better of a choice. So, uh, <laughs> I get some uh, the. This next scene with uh, Meg, I get some like serious Nightmare on Elm Street vibes, for sure, right? I mean, this came out a year after Dream Child, so I think they're they're still kind of in that space. Her parents give her a sleeping pill to knock her out, you know, yeah. and she fakes the sleeping pill and lays it down, and I could just almost hear do 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 do. It kind of does fit since her dad is a pharmacist, it seems. So, mm-hmm. like, why they would have that oh, yeah, absolutely. potentially on handy. But, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. But it's the parents. I like the and I mean, these yeah. parents are opposite of Elm Street parents. These are hey, great man. parents. When, these Clark, are great parents. Uh, when Clark has trouble sleeping, I uh, slip him some of Grandpa's cough syrup. So, <laughs> I am just kidding for anyone out there who does <laughs> listen to this. I do not drag my child. Oh my God! It's always See, like they're always like, "Oh, good, good job, sweetie, good job." Like you just saw someone get dissolved and rip, <laughs> accidentally rip their arm off, and they're like, "I'll oh, just go to sleep. It's fine. You're, You're safe trauma. now." Yeah, Let's like suppress yeah, your trauma. No. Why? Yeah, why do people always want you to just go straight to sleep in that situation. I guess they think that that's the way to, to heal. Not like you're going to have horrible night terrors, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because every time you close your eyes, you can see you ripping off the dude's arm. So I was in a car accident, man. And like for the next six months, every time I looked in the rearview mirror, I had like, you know, I would clinch. I can't imagine every time I'd shake somebody's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to come off this time? I don't know. Thankfully, COVID's hopefully put a stop to handshaking. So we won't have that fear anymore. <laughs> it's the bow. See, now it's the bow. Um, it's been ushered in. So she shows up at the police station to uh, bail Brian out uh, ostensibly, and he's already out, and he's like thinks she's cute for, and he appreciates her help, and uh, you know he tells her I really do appreciate it, but I don't know what's going on. I, I've got to get some food, and she follows him into the diner, and there's a great like Brian has a heart of gold moment in that diner, where she starts to lose it, and he, you know, what did you see? And she tells him. And then he says, you know, uh, you're you're on drugs, essentially. And she loses, you know, loses it, says something about shit. Oh, you're full of shit and everything. And then he's like, 
he has this turnaround where he's like, hey, you know, don't don't cry. Everything's going to be okay. Eat some of this food. It'll make you feel better. And he says, unbelievable. I never heard you say shit before. How'd that feel for you? <laughs> yeah, she just, like, starts to laugh. Yeah, just such a great, like, I love that character. What a great character. Good, good writing for that character. Which leads us to the next blob attack, which yeah. is in the, in the running for one of the best kills in the movie, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I agree. The, the, the cook of the diner? is this, Yes. Uh, so he, basically there's a clog, and Fran, who's our waitress, who's also very sweet, by the way, I love that we kind of get, like, background that she's kind of been taking care of Brian by giving him food and stuff, and they have this kind of relationship that really fleshes her out. So when she dies in five minutes, you really feel bad about it. <laughs> and there's a clog. So the uh, the cook tries to get this clog out. And there's a great tension building because you know the blob's coming up out of that sink. There's just yeah. no doubt that the blob's coming out of the sink. But he, he makes you wait the right amount of time that you're thinking the beat's going to happen. And then it happens a beat later. Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie multiple times. Dozens, I think a dozen times probably. And I forgot the timing of that of that, of that jump scare. I actually jumped a little bit when, when it came out. <laughs> Mainly because I was leaning in, looking at the slime on his hands. Mm-hmm. And like the stuff, and you see the acid, you know, and I was like, what What are they using? You know, what, what do they put on his hands? Like production wise, what did they put on his hands? And that pops out. Lydia, again, this is your first time. What did you think of this kill? I really loved it. I loved his character. Um, I named him George the Plumber Cook. <laughs> <laughs> and I really just like to imagine that when he got the role, he was like, yes, I got the role for this movie, The Blob. And he goes home and tells his family. And they're like, oh, what's your role? He's like, I'm a cook, but I'm a, I, I got to plumb the sink. <laughs> I got. I just use a plumber, a plunger. That's my only. You know, that's my role in this movie. And I get sucked into the sink. Plunger cook. Yeah, and then you get sucked into the sink, which was a really cool effect. Yeah, I love that we see the pipe expand when he goes down. I yeah. love that. So like Looney Tunes and excellent. And of course, he crushes up, and there's blood everywhere. Great yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. I still don't know how they did that. <laughs> no, that's a great that's a great effect that's a great stuff Derek this is one of your favorite kills oh yeah by far uh it's just genius and to Lydia's point like how did how did they do that um but yeah I uh I liked it a lot and then of course we get her death soon after uh our leads run into the freezer wait uh I have a question about this. I must have like looked down at my phone or something because I did not see her die. Oh, yeah, you really? You, you didn't? You missed her death? I Herb's death. I did not uh, the lady's death. I saw like the the when I realized that Herb had died was whenever she was about to die and she saw his face. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't show his. No, no. I wrote that. That's one of the. Things that I was disappointed in that we didn't see Herb's death. Okay, um, then that makes sense. I'm glad I yeah. just, you know. I thought you said her. I didn't know you said Herb. Yeah. No, we don't we don't see Herb die. And that's one of the that's one of the things that kind of 
I wish that they would have. Maybe they did shoot it. I don't know, and it just didn't make the cut. But I thought it it kind of felt like I was robbed out of seeing, especially since I liked that character. And yeah. then we get just him slammed up against the uh, phone booth, mm-hmm. which, by by the way, the phone booth death is also a great one. Yeah, it really. That's is. That's my favorite. I think um, the claustrophobia. I thought it was kind of shocking to see him there because you're like, oh, he's going to come like she's going to call him, you know, he's going to come save the day. And then he's just Maybe. like there and he looks terrifying. Yeah. I mean, that's why they cut it, man. Yeah. Well, because because the last time you see him, he's about ready to leave the police station and to go like, to I got to go check on a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see him and I'm sure that she she's trying to get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that time, she's trying to get through to the police station. Where's Herb? And. That maybe that's why they cut it because it was very like literally in your face. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, against the side of it. It's a good suspense scene because you're like to your point, Lydia. Uh, you were expecting him to show up and save the day, and instead he's dead. So mm-hmm. that's probably why it is. And since Derek and I have seen this movie so many times, I didn't think of it that way. I yeah, just I was like, I wish I would have. Wish we would have got to see that guy die. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but yeah, he does definitely look terrifying when he smacks up against the thing, and I love the just the claustrophobic, you know, you just so claustrophobic where you, the whole uh, phone booth is just engulfed in the yeah, block. yeah. Well, and uh, when it caves in, that is so crazy. Oh yeah, that effect is so good, visceral. I think like you can tell it's a dummy, but it looks really good. Like yeah. her hair is like exactly her hair, and it's the the shot is so quick, yeah, that it it works perfectly. It blends, it matches perfectly, and it's and, jarring, and it's yeah. just like you you feel it, and you're like, oh my god, that's so it's really good scare. Yeah, and you yeah exactly you feel it because you feel like the impact of the yeah. glass breaking in on her. Yeah, and then she's engulfed in the acid of the blob. I have no idea how they did that either. Yeah, great stuff. You know. Uh, uh, I want to peel the onion back one more layer on this because like just with this epiphany, I feel like I have a better appreciation for this scene, especially from uh, her perspective, because at that point I feel like she probably still has some hope that, you know, he's a police officer. He likes me. He's going to come and save me. And that realization she must feel when she sees his face on the wall or on the, the glass dead. I mean, from her perspective, she's got to think, well, there, there's no way I'm going to survive this. Yeah. Hopelessness. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad we talked through this because that actually gives me a better appreciation for this. And movie. like, really what's sad is like, she only made like a dollar 25 all day. <laughs> <laughs> Insult <Yeah>. to injury. <laughs> since she gave deadbeat Brian free food. I know. <laughs> I know. She's so sweet for doing that. It's on the house. Uh, I want to know, did they have, they must have known each other and like been cool with each other because he like eats there occasionally. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that she kind of feels a motherly instinct towards him. Yeah. So she kind of tries to steer him right and take care of him. Yeah. Um, So it's a great little backstory for him. Um, So our leads, uh, Brian and Meg, lock themselves in the freezer and they find out the fault of the blob's weakness, which is ice. Um, and cold. They, it doesn't like ice and cold. Um, and then we get a random scene of the preacher seeing the blob go down into the um, 
Sewer. Sewers. Which I've got to say, we'll, we'll get into the Preacher later, but the Preacher is my least favorite character in this movie. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss him at length at the end when we get to his big scene. Is that another firework? Yep. Oh, man. Right, uh, Literally right outside my window. That one was big. Right next to me. Uh, did a... you see the flash? I did. <laughs> like, we have a designated day to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It's so almost good. like they created a holiday just for it. I, mean, I know, but we have a three-year-old. Right yeah, like my son, every yeah. every year, okay. when he was a baby and, and his first 4th of July, not to get too sidetracked, but whenever they started like letting fireworks off on like the 27th and the 28th, I'm like, really, people, I will come out there. <laughs> I'm a new parent and I want some sleep, damn it. Definitely. Um, anyway. So... Uh, I also wrote in my notes that uh, Shawnee was Shawnee was killing it in the diner. Her performance yeah. in the diner is great. She goes from so she goes through so many emotions, mm -hmm. you know. And I love when she calls him out in the shit, and she goes to the door, and she tries to leave, and then he talks her back, and and then he, you know, they have that little dialogue. Then she laughs. It's just a great performance. It like really endears you to her character. She's not some dumb cheerleader. Um, stereotype she is a smart resourceful woman and so then uh we of course they they arrive to the police station find out that everybody's at the woods so they go and they're like that's where it started you know the room where it happened and they take off there and that's where um we meet dr meadows who i said by the way now, if they remade this movie, would be played by Morgan Freeman. He couldn't. He couldn't be played by Morgan Freeman. He's already played that character in a movie. Yeah, a dreamcatcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I like where you're going with that, though. I see uh, it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, Morgan Freeman probably would have been a little nicer. Yeah. Does it mean... So I've got to ask you, Lydia, this is your first time watching this. When you meet Dr. Meadows, do you automatically know he's the bad guy? No, I actually, I thought I was like, oh, this guy is like really like jolly and like way too nice to be a bad guy. And then, you yeah. know, but I mean, yeah, my first instinct was like, I like that guy. He's like friendly and nice. And I thought mm -hmm. it was jolly, but like the suit, you're like, he can't be, why is he so nice? You know, there's something too nice about him. It, the lighting helps too, because he's like lit from mm -hmm. underneath with the suit. Mm -hmm. So he's all like. You guys are my patients. Yeah. And so I love um, that we get that little, um, we were introduced. I love the introduction to the base because it makes you, it gives you a fake out because you think you're experiencing, did you think you're experiencing a spaceship? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't feel that. Oh, the first time when I was a kid and we see the lights and we see like the, the wind I guess it's the Spielberg in me. I was like, oh, it's a spacecraft. And then, you know, we pan over and we see that it's the, the army and what have you. And they're, they're kind of doing cleanup. Um, and then they forcibly, forcibly take our leads back to town because, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they need to make sure they need to make sure everything's quarantined and all this stuff. Yep. I got one uh, one note here. Uh -huh. So I would have definitely questioned his credentials 
when he gave that ridiculous uh, extinction extinction story of the dinosaurs. Like, oh, how do you think that the dinosaurs died? Well, they didn't die of a, of a blob that came from outer space. <laughs> but it, I just... Because uh, that would be here and we wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, where did it go? But uh, yeah, that side story about uh, how do you think the dinosaurs died? It, it was just kind of weird. It would been great if that was... We need to do a cut where that's intercut with... Uh, Mr. DNA talking about how dinosaurs are created from Jurassic yes. Park. Dino yeah. DNA. Yeah, yeah. Dino DNA. <laughs> Mr. DNA is a great character. Love him. Um, <laughs> didn't they bring him? Was he in Jurassic World? I'm wanting to say he's in Jurassic World, right? Mm. I haven't seen it in a while, but I think he was. Because I think I remember in the theater going, Mr. DNA. <laughs> It's a second film appearance. <laughs> you guys remember Pencil from uh, the old uh, Microsoft uh, Word program? Oh, yeah. Or no, it's Paperclip. Paperclip. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Anyway. He's very helpful, that Paperclip. Hey, he was. Um, so <laughs> we are introduced uh, to the army, and then they're taken away. And... Ryan pulls out his helpful tool, which is the damn ratchet that he put in his um, yeah. jacket after he fixed his motorcycle. And uh, he uses it to break out of the, the van. And, you know, that he has this conversation with Meg. And rightfully, he's like, hey, I don't believe that guy's dinosaur story. <laughs> we got to get out of exactly. here. He did show up for that day of history class. I would have been with her, and I would have just been like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, I was torn between this, because I was like, I mean, I could see both ways. He is an outsider, so he's like, I just want to live. Let's go do our thing. Let's blow town. And I could see her saying, I don't know if I necessarily trust these guys, but my family is back that way. So I need to get to my family. Um, so I see their philosophy differences and why they each have them. Yeah, Brian's been on his own for it sounds like most of his life. From the backstory we got, his mom's an alcoholic, and he never knew his dad. So he's kind of been raising himself, which is probably why he's been in trouble. And she has great parents, which we've established. I think her parents are some of one of the better parents in horror movies because they really care. They genuinely yeah. care. Dude, her uh, dad about, is a hard ass. Yeah, in this movie. I, yeah, I love her dad. Um. So when she, she arrives back into town and uh, she's immediately finds out that her brother and expendable best friend are at the movies because they're, mm -hmm. they're not with him. And the mom says, oh, they went and saw that movie. And immediately dad's like, you didn't tell me about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Such a like Midwestern dad thing to say. Oh my god! And then he gets in army guy's face, and he's like, "I pay your, uh, I pay my taxes, I pay your salary," <laughs> which is an argument that some people use in today's society. But that's when I wrote down her dad is a badass man because that uh, that really struck me as like, yeah, he's not even afraid to get into this army guy's face. No, he's not. He probably was like just thinking this army's guy is trying to get some rib condoms, so he's like not having it. Not having yeah. It. Did you so, guys recognize him from any other movies? He's oh, in a yeah. ton of movies. Yeah. I, yeah. I grew up 
watching Sandlot like religiously. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Heroes live forever, but legends never die. Yeah. No, he's been in a ton of movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the babe man. Yeah. The great Bambino. Exactly. <laughs> Heroes get remembered, legends never die. That's it, right? That's the quote. Yeah. Heroes yeah. are remembered, kid, but legends never die. Yeah, yeah. So Same good. Lot. Such a good one. Yeah. We had like a little moment where we all ref reflected on how good the same lot is <laughs> in the middle of our movie. Like, oh. Yeah, you know, some movies transcend. Yeah. <laughs> so after uh, after the babe yells at uh, <laughs> after the babe yells at the army guy, uh, Meg heads to the theater, and we get this one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I love the entire theater scene. Yeah. The whole sequence is awesome because I love seeing the projector, the projectionist in the projector booth with the old film reels. Mm -hmm. I love seeing the terrible slasher movie on the screen, which is 100% a movie that we would have went and seen there. No question. No question. And I love the terrible acting and terrible dialogue. It's a little late to be trimming hedges. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> hey, oh wait a minute. God. It's not even hockey season. Yeah, hockey season. Oh my god. He just looks up. Like the, <laughs> the video of it is so hilarious. The killer just like <laughs> He's just got his head down trimming. Maybe this was a uh, part of the Greenskeeper uh Oh my god. franchise. The best Maybe. part is he uh the, the best part is the, the terrible patron behind the kid mm -hmm. is just constantly like, who oh, watch this? This is what happens next. I would have, yeah. oh my God, I would have flipped out on that guy too. If I, was a kid. <laughs> I think it's great because it's like, if you watch it, if you watch it in a movie theater and it's like, there's always that like person that just has to say, you know, say something about everything. Yeah. It's the worst. I hate those guys. If you're listening, you know who you are out there, Kevin. You need to shut your mouth at the movie theater. <laughs> but you remember, uh, uh, you remember that this happened to you and me. You remember that time we went to the movies and that guy like turned around and said something to us about kicking a seat? Yes, we went and saw uh, Die Hard Four at yeah. midnight, and I crossed my legs and my foot accidentally grazed this the back of this guy's seat, and he turned <laughs> around and he looks at me and he goes. Is there going to be a problem? Oh, and Derek leans over beside me with this tough guy face and says, this is a direct quote. He says, I assure you, it will not. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, thanks, Derek. Having my back. You sure showed him. <laughs> He's like, the professor here told me to be quiet, so I will. Yeah. Um, good old days. So, uh, yeah. So then we're introduced to uh, the, the 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 projectionist, mm -hmm. and he's in the he's in the uh, he's in the booth, and he's doing his thing. And it's hot there. there's no air yeah, conditioning. No air conditioning. I just love. Don't you miss film reels? Yeah. I mean, just the whole, just. I mean, I could just smell the movie theater from when I was a kid with the actual film reels. And 
you know, feel the texture in a seat in the sticky ground and just all of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it, but it's just so perfect. It's yeah. uh, going to the movies was a religious experience for me personally. I loved it mm -hmm. so much. So seeing that just brought back all of that to me. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to go to the movies again. I, but I do wish it was like that still. Yeah. And so when the, when the blob takes over, <laughs> dude, that guy's death is great. It really is. I love the play on the yo-yo, man. Yeah. That was genius. Lydia, this is your first time seeing this movie. What did you think of this death? That was really cool. Yeah, the yo-yo. And like the way they shot that was so crazy. Like the angles, like they gave like the perspective from like the ceiling. And the yo-yo coming down and the tentacles of the blob, like, that was so cool. Yeah, loved it. I forgot about, that was one I forgot about. Like, I forgot how that death actually, I knew he was going to die. Mm -hmm. And then when it, I was like, oh, yeah, the yo-yo. Like, what a great, cool scene. And then, the, of course, it takes over in the screen. The, the film burns out. And then the screen gets covered in blob. Right? Yeah. Like the movie screen that they're watching before the blob breaks out. I wrote in my notes that the theater scene would have killed in the theater. I would have loved to have seen this in a theater. Yeah. I bet you that scene played like gangbusters. Can, can you guys imagine being in the movie theater, <laughs> watching this movie, and that scene happens, and you're just like looking back? Yeah. You know? Is that guy still up there? Oh, man. <laughs> Especially as a young kid, I would have... Loved that so much. Yep. Great scene. Great scene. It was a good scene. Um, I wrote a note that, so the reason that they're there is because the, um, the expendable best friend's um, brother works as an usher. Yep. And while I was watching it, I was thinking, man, that, uh, that brother is there. Does he die too? Does that, do those poor parents lose two children? in one night and they don't the, the the brother the older brother does not die yeah so they, they showed look, us could we see but yeah. yeah that we see i mean we don't at least see him die um but he does go and talk to the military and tell them that they're in the sewer mm -hmm. so we know he escapes the theater um and so this sewer chase occurs and this sewer chase is awesome lydia were you shocked when uh, little Billy or whatever his name is bites it. Yeah, I was. I was like, he, um, what happens? He like goes under, like he gets mm -hmm. pulled, he gets pulled. And I was like, oh, well, I guess he's gone. I thought he was going to make it. And then she jumps in after him. And I was like, she's about to go get him and pull him out. I was like, how's that? How's that going to work? That's insane. That's yeah. never going to work. And then he, she comes back up and he's not there. And I was like, oh, man, I thought she was like going to save him for a second. <laughs> yeah, they do a great job of building this tension. And when he, when he goes, it like shocks you. You're like, oh, oh, so we're, we're killing kids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When I was a little kid, this messed me up because I, kids never die in horror movies except for, well, except if you listen to this podcast, then. Uh, three of the five episodes we recorded <laughs> so far, kids die in it. <laughs> the 
this is true. But it never, it hardly ever happens. But in most other horror movies, in most other podcasts you listen to, it's kid death free. But, so um, there's a great callback before they go to the sewer when they lock the blob inside the, the theater and, it, and his jacket's caught and his zipper won't come down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They set it up in the first scene when she when he's trying to zip up his jacket and he can't and the mom put pulls it up. Yep. That's great foreshadowing. Just great setup and payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we know where this where this is? Where their town is? I don't think so. I don't think we're ever told. Uh, she said it's an October night, right? Yes. That's why she wants him to wear his jacket because it's like an October night. Yeah, but it's unseasonally hot. Mm. Um. Because he was like, it's like boiling outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's unseasonally hot. And that's what they've been saying. We haven't been getting any snow. It's been sputtering, blah, blah, blah. They talk about that in the dialogue. Um, meanwhile, while this is going on, um, Brian has his own little misadventure where he fixes his bike, runs into the uh, army, and realizes that fake Morgan Freeman is bad. Um, so basically he sees that the satellite has a American flag on it mm-hmm. and that this was man-made and oh, then spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. This is not just a, you know, rock from outer space. It's actually a satellite. So then what's, what's great is we get the third and final use of Swiss army, uh, socket wrench when he, gets held at gunpoint because he's figured out and he uses it to bash the dude with us. Like, I wrote down there, Swiss Army uh, socket wrench. Saves the day again. And then we, get the, then we get the payoff to him missing the jump earlier. He does it while he's getting shot at by the army. Yeah. And there's a cool little chase scene. Great production value on this chase scene, by the way. It's like, turns into like a little action movie. And you're just like, and you're like, yeah, you you get those army guys. You beat them. And uh, so he ends up in the sewer, uh, basically because he hears them talking about it and finds out that they're going to, that there's this dramatic push in on uh, Morgan uh, Foman. And it, it we push in on, on, uh, on the doctor. And Dr. Meadows says, um, they're expendable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we realize how evil he is. Yep. And um, so he goes to save him. He gets in the, he goes down the pipe, sewer drain. Um, then there's the, so after the big climax, after the big battle with the blob where they run out, they're kind of caught. They're stuck. Mm-hmm. And Brian shows up and pulls her out. Um, the, the brother climbs out of the grate. So he's free and safe. She can't mm-hmm. fit through it. So, Brian saves her, and there's this great guys. As cheesy as it is, I'm not gonna lie. I love the image of them driving down that tunnel on the motorcycle. Yeah, really, love it. I liked it. Yeah, I like how he uses the uh, the sewer as like, you know, like a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is pretty much what it is. But just, yeah, you know. Yeah, I love how he uses it to to drive up around the blob. Yeah, yeah but I just love tension in physics class. I love the image of him riding down the sewer and, you know, her on the back and they're kind of, I was like, yeah, you know, 
thought it was a strong image. Yeah, I thought I was like, he could have at least warned her though that they were going up the wall because I feel like if you're not prepared for something like that, it might not mm -hmm. end very well. <laughs> yes, I think the reason he doesn't tell her is for us, the viewer's sake. So that yeah. way we don't know exactly what he's doing, even though if you're intelligent, you put the pieces together and you're like, oh, he's going to ramp it up right around there. Right. But if you don't know, you're like, is he just going to ram it right into the blob? I mean, that's a way to do it. <laughs> so then they run into one guy that survived their encounter with the blob and he's like all messed up. His hands yep. all messed up and he's carrying around a fucking rocket launcher on his yeah, back. Yeah, you know, like one does. On his back. That's, did you, that's Bill Mosley, right? Yes, it's Bill Mosley. I thought that was him. Yes. Shout out. <laughs> the best part of this, my favorite, just absolute part of this, this setup, is that they go down there with direct orders not to kill, not to kill the blob, not to shoot the blob, but they go down with AK-47s in old boys <laughs> carrying a rocket launcher. You know, just in case. I mean, I think you're carrying too much for, for this mission, but hey, whatever you got to do. So uh, Meadows, of course, locks them in, all, all of them, all three of them, mm -hmm. and puts the tire over top of it. And where you know he sees the rocket launcher, Brian does, and he like holds it out and fires and it blows up the truck, and it's so cool. Did that guys, was cool. You guys dig that? Yeah, it was. Awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, it's just '80s awesome. It felt like I was watching Commando for a minute. I was like, yeah. <laughs> And um, we get the death of Dr. Meadows after they escape. Um, he hold, they, there's a Mexican standoff with, between Brian, uh, tough, guy share, uh, tough guy deputy, and um, Dr. Meadows. And eventually the blob appears, drags him down, and he comes up and like you see him like smash his face. It's, that's yeah. a great scene. That was yeah. cool. Yep. It like fills his helmet mask, like his whole face just gets like engulfed in like pink goo. He is so cool, like such a great visual, right? Just and then uh, he breaks the gun when he pulls him down. He snaps the gun in half. He yeah. pulls him down with so much force. The then force, the, the force in that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you, like the same. It's like everything is just like so rough, like how impactful. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah. It feels real. Feels like yeah. there's actual physics to it, mm -hmm. which is what what miss is what's missing on a lot of CG is it feels floaty and not yeah. like there's weight to it. So um, yeah, then we get uh, this cool scene where the blob explodes from the ground. Wait, but before that, they like run over like they're a bunch of hard asses and they're like <laughs> shooting this thing in the sewer with a gun. After what you've just witnessed, I think a gun is probably not going to do much. And then they throw some explosives down there. Yeah, they, eat, they, like they throw liner. like a yeah, they throw like a mine down there. Yeah, and it's like he's like <laughs> yeah, and then it starts to rumble, and he's like, I think you pissed it off. Yeah, and then boom, it comes out of the sewer. And I love there's some fun little practical effects here. Uh, so the survivors all there's people getting blobified, like getting crushed by the blob. Reminds me of some. Harry house and stuff because there's a lot of like stop motion y uh smashing and stuff going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. And you see him getting gooified, you see him getting smashed. Um 
Meg ends up grabbing uh, the the preacher catches on fire. Yeah. And she puts him out with a fire extinguisher and then shoots it at the blob and it recoils from the from the cold. So she's like, it's the cold. And they all run into like the church or whatever or the library. What is it? A library? I think it's the town hall. I just assume that any of these movies end in churches. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what this congregation point. Well, this te- this kind of does end in a church. Kind of, I guess, technically. But uh, so they're at this, uh, they're in the town hall. They're locked in. They're trying to fight it off with the CO2, but they're running out of it. And uh, Deputy Hardass gets it. Yeah, like, he bites it. What'd you guys think of his demise? It uh, couldn't have come sooner. Could have come. <laughs> no, I, I actually really like how they did this because uh, they bend him in half. Essentially, he gets sucked through like one of the holes in the door and just bent in half and right out the door. It was really good. Yeah, they suck him in half. They bend him in half backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I, I think I know how they did that one. Um, but I, I did. Uh, I actually rewound this part again because uh, like where Brian goes and what he gets, I was like. Did, did I miss a reference? They did reference it in the very beginning, very beginning. of the movie. Yes, but the very was, beginning of the movie. Yeah, there was. It just was. It was so abrupt. This was actually one of the things that I put on my, not bad, but like I, I wish they would have had a callback to it before this because, you know, it it takes a lot. Like I said, I I rewound it just to make sure I didn't miss that, uh, like hint at hey we're gonna go back to this. He just takes off running. Yeah, so they introduced it at the beginning when we first meet Moss. And yeah. he's talking about the snowblower and fixing it. And they have that dialogue how it's barely spinning snow. And then he pulls out two beers from inside the snowmaker and yeah. tosses one to Brian. Um, so, yeah, Brian runs off to get the, the snowmaker and starts attacking the blob with it. Then for some reason, I didn't understand why he decided to run right into the blob. <laughs> Did you guys understand that? Nope. Because uh, he definitely didn't know that she had an explosive <laughs> that she was going to use. Or... No, it just, he, like, is spraying it. And then he just, like, instead of stopping and spraying it and wait for it to come, he just runs right into it and easily flips him over, of course. Yeah. And then he's trapped in there. So then May goes full badass mode on us. And she goes, grabs the, there, there's old boy laying there. He's, like, arm and stuff oh, is, like, May. It's like arms uh, acid and off, yeah. melted off with acid, and she like pulls him up and he's sticking to the ground. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, love that. And so she goes to blow up the you know the thing, and she does like her cool line, and then goes to jump off, and she's stuck. Like one does. What did you think of this, Lydia? Um. Sorry, that fireworks. Uh, just yeah, like, I heard it. That was a loud one. Yeah, yeah. It just like totally threw me off. Yeah, I think that was a really cool scene. She like jumps up on the thing and like gets her foot hung up on it. It stressed me out so bad. I knew that it's a great suspense scene, isn't it? Yeah. yeah this is why you wear uh, Velcro shoes. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I knew what was going to happen, so the suspense wasn't. I was wondering how the suspense played to you since you hadn't seen it. Yeah, no, it stressed me out. It was good suspense, because I was like, get off of that thing. 
I love the effect of when the blob is eating the truck. Mm-hmm. Like the, it, you, you can clearly see it's like a miniature that it's yeah crushing, but it still just looks so cool. I, I love those effects. And so uh, the explosion happens, and we're in the the blob is into little tiny pieces, right? Uh, we forgot to mention earlier that the preacher earlier in the movie arrives at the diner after he sees the blob go underneath into the sewer. And he sees a piece of the blob in the uh, freezer and he puts it in a little container that he carries around. I guess for sugar, like what the, I guess it's it's like a little Maybe it's for his teeth because you know he has false teeth, I'm sure. Yeah. So he puts it in, so he puts the little pieces in there and then we put a pin in that. And then after the... Also in that scene is when you find out what uh, the blob's uh, Achilles heel is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, we, it's the only time in the movie you see it until the end when they call back to it. Yeah, well, sure. yeah, yeah. So they, um, so we put a pin in that and then it comes back at the end of the movie. So after the town is saved, the blob is in a bunch of little cubes. They say, uh, what's the line they say? Um, basically, let's get this thing to the ice house uh, ice house before dawn so before i'm guessing they falls yeah so i guess they're taking it all to the ice house and i don't know what they're going to do with it after that i'm assuming dispose of it somehow or keep it frozen maybe call the army you know whatever they got to do we don't know we just know that it's going to be frozen so it's no longer an issue so then we do like a, a cut and it's like at least months later if not a mm-hmm. year or so later and we're in this circus tent and we get the preacher uh with like a he's got like a blacked out eye glass Mm -hmm. and he's like got his burn marks he's got like a mullet going on and he's preaching hail uh hail fire and brimstone and shouting and all this stuff and then this woman comes in and says uh you know uh, when's it coming and uh he says soon I assume. Yes. And he holds up the little glass. Yeah. And at this point, see. it's unthawed and it's moving around. Yes. Uh, Lydia, what did you think of this ending? I thought it was crazy. Like I was, I did not expect that to be the end of this movie. Um, the preacher character. I don't know. I still don't know how to how to feel about him. He's clearly. Like he was like, he was fine. Like it was like just a preacher walking around kind of strange, but you know, I don't know very many preachers in my life. So I was like, you know, <laughs> I guess that's just how preachers are. But uh, then he's like, clearly like just like a comic book character all of a sudden. <laughs> Correct. I felt, I agree 100%. I feel like there's not enough motivation for that ending in that character turn. Well, like, I, I think you had mentioned this maybe when you and I were talking, maybe uh, at some point during this, but uh, it it seemed like they were setting up a sequel that never happened. Correct. I they feel did. like... I feel that way too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, they needed a hook for a sequel. And so they engineered this whole plot with this preacher. That way they can keep the blob alive for a sequel. Um. But I don't think it's very well earned. No. 
And I don't think, frankly, it makes very much sense. And like you said, Lydia, it's kind of like a comic book villain out of, out of nowhere, right? Like he looked cool. He looked cool. Like he could be in a in a second movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like he definitely set up his character to be like creepy and like he did look great. Like the, the makeup design on him and everything, he looked great. Uh, he looked like a comic book villain. But it's just like the tone is so... Like, this movie has a fun tone. I mean, it's campy and fun throughout it, but it's also, you know, scary. It's scary and great practical effects. I think the tone is pitch perfect through the whole movie until the end. Then the ending, it's like they just didn't... I don't feel like they stuck the landing on the end. I feel like if the movie would have ended after the explosion and that, you know, let's let's get this thing to the ice house and then credits rolled, it would have been better. I wouldn't have missed the, the, the main ending. Which is how the old one, the original, ends. Correct. Well, it's they just, drop they drop the the crate of the blob in Antarctica. Yes, yes. <laughs> or somewhere. Which is Australia. kind of what they're alluding to, I'm guessing. Which is kind right. of probably what they do. But yeah, it's just which kind of also like, like the. <laughs> I mean, just knowing what we know now with uh, global warming, that's like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> they did that one, but. But I agree. It uh, it seemed very lazy the way that they ended this movie. Uh, I I do think that they they could have they laid the the breadcrumbs throughout the movie. They really did. But uh, yeah, it just felt less I, than uh, stellar. I feel like if they wanted to sequel bait, you know, it would have been just as easy to have them clean up the town and then you pan down, you know, you zoom in and there's one piece that they missed yeah. and you just push in on that piece and then you cut the black would have had the same effect. Cause then it would have just been like, Oh, it's still out there. They didn't get all of it. Or if you wanted to like move it to a different town, like a bird could have swooped down and like found a finger that was also like had part of the blob attached to it. Okay. It now you're getting up. too crazy. <laughs> I feel like that's better than the ending that we got. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. They they could have slightly alluded to it instead of going all crazy eyes with crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. I felt like they, yeah, like I felt like it was like an inside joke that I missed. Yeah, that's you a know? good way to put it. Yeah, that's how I kind of felt. Just like, is he from like another movie, or like, like he was already a character in I a felt, world? I felt like it was kind of a critique of those kind of creatures, which I have no problem with that. If you want to do that commentary, that's great, but it doesn't feel like the right movie to do it in. And it, the, it just wasn't earned very well. Yeah. It set up. Very well. Cause I think creature, he's in like yeah. three scenes, isn't he? Yeah. He's not in very many scenes. Um, I think for me, it's kind of like the only explanation I can come up with is that like the whole movie is kind of like the fear of like authority figures. So they just like make them all bad in their own ways. And then like, of course, it's kind of easy to make a preacher like a really scary character. Well, especially a, a, a priest at that time. Yeah. Well, and uh, where are we going to go with this? Mm. Great insight. <laughs> <laughs> From his perspective, right? So we get the science-based explanation that this was a uh, bacteria that they had put on a satellite in space and then the 
cosmic radiation mutated it, it and yeah. fell to earth and then it, it turned into the blob right so from his perspective because the whole movie the scenes that he does have he thinks that this is a biblical um uh event he feels Correct. like this is the rapture and so you know if if you take out uh any of the science-based explanation that you do get in this from his perspective he probably does think that this is a sign from God because it's just so. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't. I'm not saying it's illogical. I just don't think it was. It's very well Executed. presented. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's very. No, well. I totally and, agree. I feel like it was really. Uh, not my not favorite. Well done. Not yeah. my favorite. Could have done uh, so, uh, what do you guys? think of the blob let's let's give our pumpkin ratings and we'll start with derek this time derek give it a solid 8.03 what is it with you and these decimals <laughs> for crying out loud i'm just kidding i'm gonna give it a solid eight it was a really good movie i had a lot of fun re-watching this movie tons of nostalgia um it, it just from start to finish eh, minus two minutes uh, it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. Lydia, this was your first time watching this movie. What, how many pumpkins would you give it? I think I'm going to give it a seven. Um, I really enjoyed it, though. But I feel like I'm going to take points off for the ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the effects were... The, the effects and the actors and the direction of the movie were all really good. Um, did did you really uh, did you pull it. up the uh, effects? I did. <laughs> I stopped looking because I realized I can't do two things at once. <laughs> I would like to give them a shout out. Um, go ahead with your rating, and I'll try to figure it out. Okay. So I'm gonna give the blob, uh, just like Derek, an eight out of ten pumpkins. I I love this movie. I think it's fantastic i think it's fun i think it's scary when it needs to be scary the practical effects are amazing the performances are great uh and i have a bunch of nostalgia for it as well um i during my teen years or my early 20s i hadn't seen it in a, in a while when i was in my 20s and um one day i just thought about it i was like man i used to really like the the 80s version of the blob let me let me check that out again and i watched it and then immediately was like okay now i've got a this on dvd and then when it came out on blu-ray i bought it for that i've uh since then it's been one of my back pocket uh, horror movies that if uh, people have not seen i'd say you know oh have you here's one have you ever seen chuck russell's the blob because i think it's a good uh, solid recommend Any uh, any notes that we missed or any other critiques that you have, Derek? Uh, no, I feel like it was a very solid movie. I would recommend it. Would you have wished that they made a sequel to this? If done correctly, yes. The way let's they set that, up the ending? Let's no. say that Darabont and uh, Russell returned. Would you want a sequel to this? 
Uh, yeah, I think that uh, there's still a lot to do with uh, the story that they had, but uh, I I would hope that they would uh, having some insight into the ending of the movie. They change that, that <laughs> direction, but I mean, yeah, I would definitely have wanted. Yeah, I I do too, but I think maybe we're better off not having one. Um, it's, maybe it's better as a special one-off movie. Um, yeah, I, I could yeah definitely agree with that one as well. Because uh, it's a it's definitely a great one. Lydia, did you find your? Yeah. Um. So shout outs to, let's see, Lyle Conway and Stuart Ziff. Um, and Tony Gardner looks like they did most of, of course, that. of course, Tony Gardner did it. I knew that I forgot. Yeah. This is one of Tony Gardner's uh, movies who also, by the way, created the Chucky effect. He's the one that created Chucky. Really? Yep. Tony. <laughs> Shout out. So yeah, that is the blob. Um, I'm going to give it a highly recommend as well. You guys recommend uh, them to see it? 100%. Definitely. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. If you guys have any questions and, or comments or things that we missed, be sure to drop it down either on the, uh, the podcast links or on the YouTube channel, and we will answer those questions, of course. You can find us at uh, Instagram uh, at Scream Bloody Movies. You can find us on YouTube at Highlight Productions Screen Bloody Movies. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are available at Screen Bloody Movies. Uh, let us know how you guys found us. And uh, that way we know where you're from. Um, any last words, guys? I say last words like I'm going to kill you guys after we get off here. <laughs> any last words? <laughs> Cheese and pepperoni. Oh, that's oh. What do you want on your tombstone? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You remember those commercials? Jesus, criminy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have nothing else for Lydia, Judy, and Derek Lamaster, I'm Jamie Hiles. And remember, if you're going, if you're going, blah, let's try that again. Reverse it. For Lydia, Judy, and Derek Lamaster, I'm Jamie Hiles. And if you're going to scream. Scream, Scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. We will get this one day. Scream bloody movies. Good night, folks. <laughs>